well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with us on the program today. And you know, uh, yesterday, Larry Correa, who's got the uh, excellent new book, In Defense of the Second Amendment, was with us on the program, and we were talking about the just the onslaught of the anti-gun legislation that's been introduced in blue states around the country in response to the Supreme Court's decision in Bruin. And Larry said, you know, in essence, he thinks that uh, these are moves made out of desperation. And I agree, by the way. I, I think, you know, with the Supreme Court's decisions in Heller, McDonald, and Bruin, uh, yeah, what we are seeing here is that sort of uh, massive resistance to uh, compliance with the Constitution on the part of many blue state lawmakers. Uh, but it's fascinating to see how the gun prohibitionists are trying to defend uh, their infringements. Case in point in uh, Illinois where the media outlets, uh, particularly in the Chicagoland area, right? Chicago Tribune, Chicago Sun-Times, both on board with Illinois' new ban on so-called assault weapons and uh, large-capacity magazines. I don't know how many members of the editorial boards of uh, either paper could uh, really discuss specifics of the legislation, but but they, 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 they know that they like it, right? If it bans guns, it bans magazines, well, it's got to be a good thing. And I think their arguments are getting a little more desperate, too. It's not just their legislation. It's the arguments that they're making in favor of these infringements. Uh, this is from the Chicago Sun-Times, a uh, editorial from the paper's editorial board. Legal assaults on Illinois' sensible new gun law are a travesty, they say. You apparently shouldn't even be able to challenge these gun control laws in court. Um. This is, and and I'm used to editorials that are short on facts and long on emotion when it comes to gun control laws. This op-ed, I don't think it has a single fact in it uh, supporting the state's ban on modern sporting rifles and large capacity magazines. It is entirely an emotional screed and based on a false premise. That if we ban the most commonly sold rifles in the country, we won't be infringing on anybody's constitutional rights. But that ban will have an effect on committed killers, murderers who care nothing about the value of an innocent human life. And in fact, uh, that's the only way to combat those killers would be to ban the most commonly sold rifle in the country. The uh, Chicago Sun-Times says no one could go to school, to church, to work, to a concert, to a celebration, to a park, or to a movie without fearing that they suddenly will be targeted by a slaughterer wielding deadly weapons. Now, again, if that is the justification, if, if that is the case, by the way, I don't know about you, I don't live my life in fear. I don't. I, I, I don't worry about getting into a car accident every time I leave my house. I don't worry about being involved in a mass shooting. Uh, every time I go to the grocery store, I, I, I don't worry about accidentally being exposed to fentanyl, uh, you know, when I'm uh, talking to friends or, or even strangers on the street. I don't live my life in fear. I don't think you should either. Boy, the Chicago Sun-Times editorial board wants you to live in fear. They want you to be terrified. And again, 
if if that is their mindset, that as soon as you leave the house, you have to be terrified of what lies outside your door, then how does banning, quote-unquote, assault weapons actually reduce that terror, given that handguns are by far uh, the most common firearm of choice for violent criminals? In fact, the Secret Service just released a report on uh, active shootings in public spaces on Wednesday. Uh, And in that report, they too documented that handguns are the weapon of choice uh, for most individuals who engage in an active shooting attempt, not rifles. So, again, if this is a public safety argument, you should be calling for a ban on handguns. Not a ban on so-called assault weapons, but the Supreme Court has already taken a ban on handguns off the table, right? So now it's about banning whatever they can or whatever they think they can, regardless, by the way, of the public safety benefit. Their their ideology is uh, any gun ban is going to have a positive impact on public safety, but the best gun ban of all would be to ban all the guns, right? That's what they're really looking for. Right now, the Supreme Court says, uh-uh, can't do that. But they would love to be able to change the makeup of the court, overturn Heller, overturn McDonald, negate the Second Amendment, <clears throat> at least uh, in theory, and tell 100 million or so Americans that, no, actually, you don't have a right to keep and bear arms. As it is, the Chicago Sun-Times is telling gunners, how dare you stand up for that right? Uh, the op-ed Continues, this unconscionable state of affairs, highlighted by the Sun-Times' Tina uh, Sfondelez, who reported that the lawyers who helped strike down New York's concealed carry law are now challenging Illinois' new and sensible limits on assault weapons and high-capacity ammunition magazines in a National Rifle Association-linked lawsuit. The Illinois State Rifle Association has filed its own federal lawsuit, and others have been filed in state courts. These callous attacks on the new Illinois law are occurring just as 18 people were killed this week in the California communities of Monterey Park and Half Moon Bay. Just as a South Shore mother and daughter were killed Monday afternoon in a shooting in which three others were wounded, just as 12 people were injured in a mass shooting on Monday inside a Baton Rouge lounge. And the individuals who are suing to protect their Second Amendment rights weren't responsible for any of those attacks. The shooting in Monterey Park, California took place uh, police say the uh, individual legally purchased that firearm in California back in the 1990s, apparently illegally converted that firearm by uh, building a, a janky homemade silencer and attaching it to the uh, firearm. But if the Chicago Sun-Times wants to point to violent crimes as the supposed reason for this quote-unquote gun ban, and they lead with Monterey Park, shouldn't they at least acknowledge that California's state-level Gun ban didn't stop that attack. So why would a state-level ban in Illinois do the same? Well, then, of course, the argument would be, well, that's why we need a federal law. Even though the evidence has shown that the 10-year federal ban between 1994 and 2004 didn't have much of an impact either. Because, again, not only are these type of active shooting incidents incredibly rare, but the use of semi-automatic rifles in any violent crime is incredibly rare. Again, making a public safety argument for a gun ban logically just doesn't make any sense, which is why the Chicago Sun-Times 
goes with their emotional appeal instead. Is there any doubt, they say, that going to court to knock out gun laws designed to protect people will lead to more unnecessary deaths? Well, yes, because what happened in the United States after that federal ban disappeared in 2004? Violent crime continued to go down. It did not go up. In fact, you look at violent crime rates in this country going back to the 1960s, and what you find, a rise and a fall, right? Climbing throughout much of the 1960s uh, and 70s and 80s and early 90s, even with things like the Gun Control Act of 1968, right? Even with Washington, D.C.'s ban on handguns, homicides and violent crime continue to rise in that city after that ban was put in place. Same with Chicago, Illinois, when its handgun ban was put in place. So, yeah, there's no reason to believe that if this uh, newly imposed ban in Illinois were struck down by the courts, that it would automatically lead to a rise in violent crime. Again, the vast majority of people who own firearms of any kind are not violent criminals. It doesn't matter if we're talking about shotguns, handguns, single-shot bolt-action rifles, or AR-15s with 30-round magazines. Doesn't matter. The vast, vast majority, 99% of those who own those firearms are responsible gun owners. They're peaceable gun owners. By the way, they're exercising a constitutionally protected right. The uh, Chicago Sun-Times wonders, why do we sit by as the law is twisted to give gunmen the right to kill us? Which, last time I checked, every state on the, in the Union still has laws against murder on the books. Why must we, they write, as Americans with revered ideals that are the envy of the world, allow the forces of gun violence to see us as nothing more than potential fodder for their weapons? Do our lives and health mean nothing more than that? Do some lawmakers, some high court justices and gun manufacturers not see how the underregulated arsenal of firearms in the hands of those willing to use them grinds up lives? America now has more guns than people, they write. Has that made us safe or are people dying every day? Again, not to be a buzzkill, but people were dying every day in this country um, before 1964 and the introduction of the AR-15 rifle to the civilian market. This is, again, it, it's stunning to me, this sort of you know evangelical utopian idea. That, well, all we need to do to stop all of the violence is just ban this gun over here. You know, I was talking with uh, Ed Morrissey and our VIP gold members during our live chat on Wednesday, and I said some of the rhetoric that we're hearing now, and I would I hadn't even seen this up at the time, but I would certainly apply this. It reminds me a great deal of the commentary and the predictions from uh, pro prohibitionist forces a hundred years ago um, when the Volstead Act was taking effect. Uh, I think it was the weekend before the sale of uh, alcoholic beverages was banned in the United States. There was an evangelist named Billy Sunday uh, who gave a speech where he talked about how once prohibition took effect, domestic violence would stop. Robberies would stop. Um, parents would be, you know, involved with their kids. I, a, a host of social ills would disappear almost literally overnight 
because the demon rum had been vanquished. Well, that's not what happened, is it? And in fact, a decade or so after the uh, failed experiment prohibition was put into effect, uh, it was repealed, <laughs> right? They, the, the American people, our forefathers recognized, ah, crap, that, that actually worked out like the opposite of what we were hoping for. And here we are a century later, and you've got this same sort of utopian belief that if we just pass this law, that that will stop violent criminals. If we just pass this one law that's already in place in several other states that haven't stopped violent criminals, somehow it's going to be different here in Illinois. And at no point in this op-ed, at no point, do the editors of the Chicago Sun-Times acknowledge that, in fact, we are talking about a fundamental civil right. We are talking, they don't even try to strike a balance, right? Which is sometimes what you'll see. Well, you know, they've got to strike a balance between public safety. No, they don't care. They, they, they don't care about criminalizing a constitutionally protected right. And by the way, they also don't seem to care much about the fact that the punishment, at least first offense for violating the state's magazine ban, is a relative slap on the wrist. It's a misdemeanor offense. It's a $750 fine. The idea that violent criminals who are either committing felonies or somehow going to be stopped by this misdemeanor offense that's been put on the books, is laughable. I, I Listen, I share, and I know that the editorial board of the Sun-Times doesn't believe me, because they don't think gun owners give a damn about anything but their guns. But I share their concerns about public safety. I share their concerns about violent criminals. But I don't believe... A, that it's constitutional to ban commonly owned firearms. But I also don't believe it's a good idea to target law-abiding, responsible gun owners when you say the problem that you're trying to address is criminal behavior. Creating new crimes out of a constitutional right, which only exacerbates that problem. Because it takes law enforcement's focus away from those violent offenders. And it puts the onus again on those peaceable gun owners, right? They're the, apparently, they're, they're the bigger priority for, uh, well, certainly it sounds like the Sun-Times editorial board. But you take away all of the emotional arguments. And what are you left with? You're left with the fact that the Sun-Times editorial board doesn't like the fact that Illinois residents are using the courts to defend their constitutional rights. And I don't know about you, <laughs> but um, that's, I, I think that's a pretty idiotic position to come down on, right? Yeah, you don't, you don't like this law? Well, d d tough. Don't sue over it. How dare you sue over it? Look, that's what the... Courts are there for, in part. Uh, and if <laughs> if the uh, state of Illinois, now this is this is going to be a real stretch of the imagination here, but if the state of Illinois uh, and the uh, Democrats were to ever pass a law, well, I, I say it's a stretch. I mean, not much of a stretch. If the state of Illinois were to ever pass a law that uh, restricted the ability of um, the Chicago sometimes editorial board, for example, to, uh, to, to share their opinions. I'm pretty sure. Let, let's say, and it, 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 wasn't even it wasn't even designed to go after them, right? Let's say this was a bill to stop online sex trafficking. 
Uh, but it imposed so many speech restrictions that it was going to impact the Chicago Sun-Times. Do you think they would just blithely stand by and say, okay, well, I mean, it is important. We don't want child sex traffickers to get away with what they're doing. So um, even though this infringes on our right, uh, you know, as a free press and to to speak our mind and to, to you, we're not going to challenge this court because, I mean, again, look, it's they're trying to do something important here. Hell no, they wouldn't do that. They'd be suing, saying that this is going to impact their business, their ability to speak their mind, that this is violating their constitutional rights, and they would be right to do so. We can acknowledge that something is a problem without imposing solutions that are even worse. And combating violent crime by criminalizing the exercise of a fundamental civil right, yeah, that makes things worse, not better. And I uh, am not just hopeful, but I'm confident that the uh, many legal challenges underway to Illinois' unconscionable attack on the right to keep and bear arms are going to be largely successful which I suppose will give the Chicago Sun-Times editorial board a lot more fodder to complain about in the future. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. In fact, uh, why do we start with a story out of Chicago? Since the Chicago Sun-Times, you know, uh, so convinced that uh, criminals are going to pay attention to this magazine ban and uh, quote-unquote assaultments ban if, if it is allowed to uh, stay in effect. You got this story here that uh, maybe serves as a bit of a rebuttal. On parole for a gun charge after Luke police shooting, man is now accused of firing off rounds in a suburban subdivision. Yeah. Uh, thanks to the uh, good folks at uh, CWB Chicago for the uh, story here. Uh, it was about a year ago. Jesse Sanchez was sitting in the back seat of a stolen car uh, when the individual in the front passenger seat of that stolen car fired shots at a Chicago police officer uh, in the loop. Sanchez was not involved in the shooting. He was present at the time. Uh, Prosecutors did charge Sanchez, though, with having another firearm in the stolen vehicle. He pleaded guilty uh, last summer in exchange for a one-year sentence for possessing a stolen firearm. Again, that's that's what you get, right? You're, you're, uh, you're, I'm sorry, maybe not a stolen firearm, just one that he wasn't legally allowed to possess, in a stolen car. And the guy in the front seat was shooting at police officers. And, and this is what you get in Chicago. You get a year that involves credit for time served and a 50% sentence reduction, which means that your year behind bars turns into no time behind bars. Instead, you get put on parole. Maybe you get an ankle monitor to put on you, which was the case for Jesse Sanchez. Um. Sanchez was apparently wearing that ankle monitor a week ago, last Thursday, when, uh, according to a report uh, by the uh, Lake and McHenry County scanner, he is accused of firing shots from a uh, home-built firearm while walking in uh, the suburban Chicago town of uh, Grays Lake. Yeah, according to police, uh, Sanchez left his girlfriend's home around 1230 that afternoon after an argument and then just started firing rounds into the air while uh, walking between homes. Uh, police reviewed surveillance videos, but with witnesses, including Sanchez's girlfriend, before they arrested him, they uh, allegedly found a loaded 9mm ghost gun uh, in his pocket. 
Charged now with reckless discharge of a firearm, as well as uh, three uh, felon gun possession counts. Now, again, none of Illinois' current laws on the books seem to have had an impact on uh, Jesse Sanchez. He is, of course, innocent until uh, proven guilty in court. But based on the allegations from police, it doesn't sound like that slap on the wrist really did much to stop Mr. Sanchez from allegedly, once again, illegally obtaining a firearm. So, and those were felony charges, by the way. So when people are getting convicted of felony gun crimes and they're walking away with probation and an ankle monitor, again, even if I believed in the efficacy of a gun and magazine ban, which I don't, but even if I did, even if I were a gun control supporter, I think I'd be a little confused and befuddled as to why these battlefield weapons of war that shouldn't belong in anyone's hands are going to result in a slap on the wrist if somebody's caught with them. I, I, there is no logic to be found when you look at these gun bans. There's just, there's just not. They don't make any sense from even a gun control perspective, the way most of these things are currently written. If you're a gun control advocate, what do you want? You want to ban them. You want to ban them all, right? You want to ban the sale, you want to ban the manufacturer, and you want to ban the possession, right? But, uh, well, Illinois had their carve out. That'll probably disappear in a year or two. If uh, the courts uphold this ban in Washington state, they're doing the same thing. Oh, no, no. Existing owners, they're, they're grandfathered. They can keep their battlefield weapons of war that nobody should own. I don't believe them. I don't believe them. And uh, frankly, you shouldn't either. Now, today's armed citizen story from uh, Kentucky, where a uh, homeowner held an unlucky burglary suspect at gunpoint until police arrived to take him into custody. Austin Epley. Uh, being held in the Whitley County Detention Center on burglary charges. Sheriff's office says a homeowner caught him in the act in his garage after he was seen on a, a trail camera. Um, the resident apparently had been the victim of multiple break-ins, and so he said, forget this, man. Set up his trail camera in the garage and uh, actually saw the break-in as it occurred. was able to uh, grab his firearm, walked into the garage, and then uh, held that plea at gunpoint until deputies arrived a short time later. The uh, sheriff there in Whitley County, Bill Elliott, says uh, he wasn't at the scene, but, quote, my understanding is that he detained the suspect and notified law enforcement well within his right to protect himself and his property. Sheriff says that uh, this has been a busy month in terms of break-ins. And he says the usual reason, people looking for ways to feed their drug habits. Uh, Epley uh, gave an interview to a local reporter at WKYT's uh, Phil Pendleton when he was uh, at the jail and said that uh, he was just looking for a place to sleep. He said, I'm homeless. I went inside, lay down to go to sleep. It was cold. I didn't know. I thought it was abandoned. Well, now, you know, glad to know that uh, he's going to be okay. Hopefully he gets the help that he needs and uh, learns a lesson to knock and maybe ask, Hey, do you think I could just, you know, sleep in your garage for a few hours rather than just uh, presuming that uh, a home or property is abandoned and you are welcome to it. Uh, finally, today's good deed of the day. In the right place at the right time, well, unable to do the right thing. A police officer in Woodstock, Georgia. This is, I gotta say, look, this isn't a huge story, but I love these little stories. There was a, a driver there in Woodstock who ran out of gas. He was right near a Sam's Club. And uh, this officer in uh, Woodstock, Officer Keene, 
uh, rolled up behind her um, and uh, helped push the uh, uh, car to a gas station. Um, not on, not not with his hand. He used a patrol car to uh, push the vehicle to a gas station. Uh, although at one point, I guess he did get out and push the car himself. The uh, woman's daughter posted a uh, picture uh, and uh, tagged the uh, Woodstock Police Department on Facebook saying he acted like it was no big deal. However, it was, it was a big deal. He chose to be kind and help when he didn't have to. So thank you, Woodstock PD, for uh, having such amazing officers. Woodstock Police uh, saying that the officer uh, went, quote, above and beyond. And uh, we think he is pretty amazing, too. So, again, not a huge story. Maybe not even a life-changing story. But, uh, you know, when you, when, you, when you are looking for ways to uh, be kind to others, it's amazing how often those opportunities pop up. I'm glad to see that Officer Keen uh, was in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing for a woman in need. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I do appreciate you being a part of the program today. There is a, a slight chance we'll actually have a bonus program for you tomorrow, but it might wait until Monday. We're uh, trying to connect with Chuck Michelle out in California to talk about the latest on this Ebola case. I was hoping to be able to bring that to you today, but it might be tomorrow, might be Monday, but it is coming. And it's some intriguing news for gun owners. In the meantime, though, I hope you'll continue to check out BarryAndArms.com throughout today, where we, of course, are covering all of the latest information related to your right to keep and bear arms, the success stories, defending our rights, the challenges ahead, and more. It's all there at BarryAndArms.com. If you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP member. Just go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As I'm saying thanks, we're going to give you exclusive news stories, analysis, content you won't find anywhere else. So thanks again. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you back here. Till then, be well, be safe, mind your time cues, and be free.